Welcome to Occasionally Awesome. I'm Nick Yusa. I'm Kevin Christie. I'm going to have to eat my dog. Um, because... Because I'm going to run out of money for food. Yeah. And, and you just you can't afford to get him the treatment, so you might as well be dinner. I'm going to live in, inside my dog. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he he looked at you while, while you said that, and when you were done, he just started licking, licking his, his dick. Own, licking his own butt. And he was like, take that. This is my life. I lick my crotch. <laughs> you adorable, expensive bastard. Dude, yeah, do- the, the secret uh, expenses of dogs. Yeah. No I one would. ever tells you. They just no. go, they're adorable. All you gotta do is get them some delicious food and take them on a walk, and life nope. is wonderful. Two schools of thought, you guys. Pet health insurance, but I hear mixed things. Mm-hmm. I used it for a little while, but then my credit card number got stolen, so the... Automatic debit lapsed, so I didn't have it when I had to start getting Cub his treatments. And then he just never renewed it. I never renewed I just forgot. And then, uh, so it was too late. And then uh, a guy I'm working with right now said what he does is whenever he gets an animal, yeah, he puts $100 a month in the bank in an account he cannot touch for inevitably when the dog turns like seven and thinks and starts needing medical treatments. Yeah. Because holy shit, dude. That's crazy. I mean, we... Is that just... I feel like I never used to hear about dogs getting all these, like, illnesses that needed all these treatments. Is well, that, like, in the last, like, 10 or 15 I years? Think it, I, think it genu- I think it actually is. I think there's, like, a lot more animal health research that now leads to more treatments for stuff. Whereas in the old days, it'd just be like, ah, your dog's got a thing, and you just let it Yeah, die. it's like your dog's sick. It's just like it's his time now. Yeah. There was no, like, well, we have tons of... Of tests we can do There's medicines we can put them on There's yeah. like I feel like I never used to hear about that It I was like your dog would just Your dog would just get sick and die Yeah there were yeah. some like surgeries or something Like if they like broke bones I or didn't had know anyone dysplasia or like, like yeah. the, big, the big common things with dogs But then most of the other stuff was like Well it's just that happens I never knew anyone growing up Who treated a dog for cancer ever Yeah Ever. You get, like, bumps taken off, but that was, like, it. Right. But now, I think maybe because people are, with the increase in just animal rights activism and people's relationship to their pets. And yeah. All of a sudden, now there's, like, well, we feel that there's an intestinal problem. You're, like, well, I don't even know humans that are going <laughs> to the doctors that often oh, to get. I, I don't have a cardiologist. My dog does. <laughs> right. Both my dogs have cardiologists. I've never yeah. been to a. You don't even know where one is. I don't. I couldn't call one right now. I don't know mean. how to spell cardiologist. <laughs> Your dogs have a regular. Yeah, my dog has a liver specialist and a cardiologist. Yeah, see, that's like their their lives with the food. I've seen the food they eat too. Yeah. Their lives are better than I think a third of the world's population. I won't go to Lassen's because it's too pricey. My dog goes to the dog equivalent of Lassen's. Yeah. That's that's insane. We're 2016. We're going to crest, I believe, ten grand. Jeez. <laughs> Which, by the way, it's not like you make ten grand and then you have ten grand. For me to have ten grand, I have to make seventeen. Yeah. So uh, essentially, seventeen. Jeez. Well, if you're sitting there thinking about getting a dog right now, you guys uh, know that they could. Uh, there's a balloon payment. At Save the up. End. Yeah. <laughs> it's like returning a, a leased car that you damaged. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. You didn't look at the fine print in the contract, yeah. and they're like, "Oh no, you you owe us seven grand now." Yeah, You're like, yeah, yeah. For what? You were only supposed to drive twelve thousand miles a year. You drove twenty eight thousand miles a year. Yeah, and then you just got in wrecks and took dumps in the car on the interior. Yeah, and you give it back, and they're like, "Whoa, you you basically have to buy this twice." All right. Yeah. Um, so yeah, think twice before you just go. That dog is so cute. I'm gonna get it. Yeah, because here's the thing. There's no saying no. I know. <laughs> There's no thing. No. And I guess if you're level. gonna get one, like get one young, so you can like save for six years. Don't yeah. get a five year old dog and be like, it's all good. I mean, unless you're that. I, there's a lot of people that rescue older dogs, which yeah. I think is incredibly admirable. Yeah. But yeah, you're gonna. Those people are called millionaires. You're apparently. gonna pay through the nose. <laughs> you right. just are. You just. Are. That's what's gonna happen. Those motherfuckers. Yep. Those motherfucking dogs. They're so adorable. Yep. And they just fucking... They they just hook you. Yeah. And then next thing you know, you're selling your liver to take them to a liver specialist. I mean, uh, the, the one day it's not inconceivable that I will sell a kidney to get my dog a kidney. Yeah. You Wait, that's what I meant, is kidney, because you only have one liver. Furry bastard. <laughs> if I sold my liver, I'd be dead. Yeah. Kidney is what I meant. Liver, very hard to get. Yeah. Lung, not as hard to get. Yeah. But you are. That's the weird thing about transplants. You are waiting for someone to just die that matches you. Yeah. You go on these weird lists. You're just like, come on, man. Someone get into a car accident. Yeah. Yeah. That is weird. Soon they'll just be able to make them. I wish. Hurry up. Yeah. Just 3D print. Uh, 3D print a liver. A liver. Hurry up, guys. Yeah. Jesus. Stop tracking us and make a liver. I know. Yeah. <laughs> Look at that new skateboard deck I got. Um, oh. I saw you post a pic. Oh. Is, is the same one behind it, or is that different? It's different. Oh. Both Tony Hawk ones, but that one I just got. Yeah, it's, oh. it's so beautiful. It's the Tony Hawk claw reissue, you guys. That's really cool. They've never reissued it before that I know of, and it is just it. When it came out, it people hated it. That's an awesome deck. What the fuck are those people talking about? But at the t- I think at the time it was just too like weird and alieny, and it was like the late eighties. Where early did you 90s. did you put that on Twitter or Instagram? Twitter. Go to Kevin's Twitter. Yeah, it's on oh, my what? Twitter, it's man. Pop- it pop- is. It's hot pink. There's like a hawk claw alien face yeah. with these crazy trees in the background. Uh, so cool. It was drawn by Victor Cortland Johnson. It was one of the last. This is his last Tony Hawk design, I believe, before he left Pal Peralta. But, man, it is dope sauce. I like those old decks, how wide they are. Yeah, they're wide they're and so, beautiful. They're so, like, this much more comfortable. Yeah. Um, Sleep on that thing. Let's, a couple of quick things, and then we can, we okay. can continue. Um, I, uh, if you live in the fine city of uh, Philadelphia, Oof. Pennsylvania, I'm going to be at Helium. Um, oh, that's a cool place. The Fine Comedy Club of Helium. People love Helium. Yeah, all the Heliums are good. This is the only one I haven't done yet. Oh, okay. So this one I've, I've heard also is very good. Yeah. So um, that is the uh, 18th through the 20th of August, Philadelphia. Uh, and then if you live in the fine city of Tampa, Florida, I'm going to be at the Tampa Improv August 25th through the 27th. And then... Uh, um, San Diego, Wednesday, August 31st. I'm headlining Comedy Juice um, at the Madhouse. Um, so come to those shows if you live in those fine cities. Those are all cool. Uh, well, I don't know about Philly in the summer, but Tampa is, like, is, is a cool city to go to in the I've summer. I've never been to Philadelphia. I've never... I've, dro- I've drove through Philly once on the way to New York. Uh-huh. 
and we stopped because I'd never been there. So I was like, well, I gotta, I can't drive through yeah. without getting a fucking cheesesteak. Yeah, you gotta get it. And then I had three cheesesteaks in 30 minutes. Are you going to go to one of those places? Those yeah, I went places? to Al and Pat Gene, and Gene and, Gene and Pat. Pat. Yeah. It's two <laughs> Italianish sounding names. It's been forever. Pat and Gino's? I think Gino's is one of them, and I don't know the name Let's of Let's just other call one. him Pat. I just know one of them famously, uh, John Kerry, when he was trying to run for president. There's like two ways to order it. It's whiz or no whiz. Even I know that. Yeah. And they were like, whiz or no whiz? And he was like, do you have provolone? And they were like, asshole. They're like, boo, you're not getting elected. Like, you're definitely not getting elected. You're not carrying Pennsylvania. Gino's Steaks. What's the fucking place across the street? I think it's a Pat's. Yeah. Gino Steaks across street. <laughs> This is how this is how Pat's and Gina's. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So when I went there, the, we met up with a friend who lived there, and he's like, he's like, well, you got to go to these two. They're right across the street from each other. So we'll just we'll look at him, and and we got two right here. I'm like, what do you mean pick? <laughs> like I'm getting one, and then I'm walking over yeah. there getting the other. Were they huge? Or they were like they're 12 inch. Like oh okay. Yeah, but really all that's on them is the steak and the cheese. That's all that should be. And the bread is super soft. There's so I no just onions? like. Oh, uh, there were onions. I okay. think. Okay. Um. But yeah, they're not like, you know, this lettuce, tomato, all these like crazy yeah, yeah, extra. Yeah. It's not like a sub. So I just fucking wolfed it down. And then I was like, let's walk over there. And then I got the other one. And then I was like, those are really good. Like, which one did you like better? I'm like, they're kind of the same, especially since like I'm still tasting the first one as I'm like <laughs> eating the second one. And then he goes, well, you know, like the one that like the locals really love is on South Street. And that's supposed to be like the, these are the famous ones, but this one on South Street called Jim's is the one everyone says is like the best. And I was like, what are we still standing on the street for and why are we not in line at Jim's? I mean, if you eat fast enough, your stomach doesn't register. It doesn't know. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't know. So, so I was like, we got to get there before my stomach knows. And then we, we got to Jim's. Luckily, there was no line. It's like when you drive home and beat the drunk. Yeah, you yeah, drink yeah. Eventually. Like, if I leave now, I yeah. won't be drunk. Until yeah, I get I'll home. get home and then it'll kick in. And yeah. I'll be like, I was, I was I technically drove legally. Yeah. So I ate the third one, and then we still had what, however many hours drive to New York. And then on the way, I was like, I think I kind of start don't feel so good now. Yeah. And then I was good until the morning because I was so excited to get to New York. We were hanging out. We got there, and then the next morning. I clogged the New York toilet system <laughs> and created an issue for the people you we were staying. You killed one of the giant rats that lives yeah. in New York. I was like, hey, friend, thanks for letting us crash here. Your bathroom no longer works. <laughs> it's no longer a function. You have to go to the, the McDonald's down the street. Yeah, yeah. And holy shit, I've never had a cheesesteak as good in my life since. Yeah. I've tried multiple places where they go, authentic Philly. I look no. at the place. I go in there. I look at someone eating the thing. I'm like... I mean, it looks like the ones I had, and then I eat it. I'm like, it's like seventy five percent there. It's just not as good. No, the, those places. There's something into like, they've had the same fryer on for like yeah. fifty years, and it's just like the recipe. Yeah, and they've just done it mm-hmm. over and over. They can't and do it fine tune and refine. It's like you can't. Yeah. You can't get that close. No, you're buying a different kind of oil here. It's Everything's different. There's always, yeah, a couple of things. They're like, well, we don't have what we had there. We'll use this. It's like out-of-town Mexican food. 
Yeah. You're like, nah. Yeah. Like, no, this place is great. No, it's not. You're like, no, I, li- I live in, in Southern California. Yeah. They're like, oh, well, maybe maybe just have uh, a sandwich. The chips are wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Salsa yeah, the, the seasoning for the carne asada. Although you know? I did have some incredibly good tacos in New York. Salvation that, Taco. That which could, just like connected to my hotel. They were really yeah. good. They were a total ripoff though. Right. Yeah. Much like a lot of things in New York. Yeah. New York is a ripoff. Yeah. LA is becoming that way too apparently. LA is now a ripoff. It's like getting, it's getting so expensive. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um do you want to go first? Or sure. I go first? Um, I watched this last night. Mm-hmm. I had, it's one of those things I've been meaning to watch forever. It's a documentary came out in, I think, 2012. You've probably seen it. Mm-hmm. It is Tom Petty documentary, Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. I have not seen it. Dude. Yeah, I have a few music docs on my list. It's, first of all, it's long. Okay. It's two parts. So okay. it's like three and a half hours, which you actually want. Right. Because he's had an incredibly long career. Mm-hmm. But you get to just hear him slowly talk about how it... First of all, the only good thing to come from Florida in the world. <laughs> Either from Gainesville, Florida, which it makes you be like, well, am I going to fuck with Gainesville? Gainesville sounds all I right. Mean, F- Flor- I know you're kidding, but like yeah. Florida's had a few good things come out of it. But it is the only good thing to come out of Gainesville, right. Florida. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he is the one good thing. Yeah, I don't know anyone who's ever said anything good about... Oh, Gainesville, they've got a good... Apparently, it's kind of a hippie town, according to him, because really? there's a college. Maybe back then. Maybe back then. Now, people are like, it's just like trashy. And I just don't like, know. You don't want to. So, but the thing, it's long, which is great. So, you get to just okay. go like really like album by album, step by step, what happened through mm-hmm. him like forming Mud Crutch and then the record label being like, your band sucks, but you don't. And we'll like, and then him forming the Heartbreakers and how that worked. The thing I really liked about it is just him. Yeah, that dude. He he is different. He talks differently yeah. than other rock stars. The way he talks about himself, the way he talks about the business. He's a really. He's not. He's not self-deprecating like most musicians are. He like he he'll be like, we recorded this song and it sounded really great. Like it's almost like he's objective about his own songwriting, right? In a weird way, and that dude does not take any fucking shit. He's he got fights with the record label like he just like that song, that song I won't back down is so accurate because yeah. like literally Warner Brothers was just like you're gonna do this and he was just like no nope. yeah and he said something so smart he's like well I just I realized like these guys have all the money but they can't make records right and you're like you're right they can't like make a Tom Petty record and what they want is a Tom Petty record yeah so you have all all the power when they when it comes to like that's that that's like the interesting thing about musicians back in those days is that like they had way more power if they got to a certain level of fame which yeah. like it not as many could it's always been like a very small amount of people that achieve that like yeah. Tom Petty Neil Young Bob Dylan but like that like singular stardom you know that where you're your own industry where they're like I want a Bob Dylan record or yeah. a Neil Young but like when they got there they had a lot of money and power so they could be crazy they could just decide I'm not doing this anymore for yeah. a while or they could go like I don't want to do it that way deal with it yeah and he he seemed to have a real sense of his worth yeah and that like you don't he's probably worth a lot but he oh, back dude. then because now it's like work. his greatest, their greatest hits sold ten million. Oh copies. yeah, it's just like there's, there's, there were so many albums, so many hits. But like yeah. now you could like be a couple records in, 
and not even now, let's say like in the like 90s or late 90s, like you could be a couple records in and people could know who you are, but you're still like not rich or powerful enough oh, yeah. to tell a record label yeah. to go fuck itself. That's what he really had to sue them for was the publishing. Yeah. Which that's all the money. Oh, yeah. All Especially because he's a songwriter. Right. Like those are huge radio hits. Like you're talking oh, about yeah. tens of millions of millions of dollars. Yeah. And he was just like, no, fuck you guys. Yeah. And he just kept doing it. He kept being like, nope, no. No, fuck yeah. you. I'm not doing... You can't make me. And finally, they just blinked. Yeah. And he's just... There's like a weird calm about that dude. Yeah, he's like... Uh, he doesn't have like the ego... He has an ego, I'm sure, but it's not in this, the same as like a lot of the other... He's like smart about it. He doesn't yeah. let his ego get in the way and just like, I'm me and I rule. He just was like, well, you know, we he knew the like record was calculated. good, so we just figured you had to... It Like, it's just a... It's weird. It's like he's not. It's like he's completely objective to his own ability. It's like he's a Tom Petty fan who's like, no, that song's better than that song, and yeah. this song's great, and I really like this. And he just seems smart about his um, uh, his career as opposed to just really like, smart. I'm a fucking rock star. I want yeah. what I want, and then just like sits there and crosses arms and waits for it. Like he's yeah. like calculated. He like, had like a Don seemed, Henley was like that. He seemed to have enough of it. Like they talked about how he wrote. He wrote a song for Stevie Nicks. Yeah. I guess Stevie Nicks was like obsessed with the song Penny and the Heartbreakers. Yeah. Like during the documentary, she keeps saying she's like wants to leave Fleetwood Mac and join the Heartbreakers. Wow. And Tom Petty keeps going, that's great, but there are no girls in the Heartbreakers. That's <laughs> and so, but like he writes a song for her and then they, he hears it and he's like, yeah, I'm going to keep this song. <laughs> like he's like, he's about his career. Yeah. And and in a weird in a way you don't fault him. Stevie Nicks like, yeah, I totally understood. You wrote like a good song. You didn't want to give it away. Right. But like he... He he does that smart thing that biz, it's such a business thing, but you pay yourself first. You put yourself first because then yeah, you can yeah. pay other people. Right. But it's just like he was really smart, like like shrewd and astute and knew what to do. So what's this documentary called? I it's called walk. Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers Running Down the Dream. Running Down a Dream. So it's on Netflix. Oh, right perfect. Now. Perfect. And it, dude, it's just like you know it, it, you already, but like you. It, you get to see how the traveling Wilburys came to be, and it's just, and and it seems like literally everything in his career just came out of like hanging out. Yeah, he's like, I had to go make a B. Like George Harrison's like, well, I had to make a B side, and Tom loves playing bass, so like, oh, you should come down and play bass. And then wow. he he asked this guy to, he's like, Roy Orbison's in the next room, and I went over there. It was literally just like that. They're like the hangouts back then. Are yeah, just they crazy. just and it, like literally it was like, well, we went and talked to Roy, and we were like, yeah, this song came out really good. Should we just make like nine more of them? And it was like, yeah, we should. And then we went on tour. It, like next thing you know, you're on tour. Fucking shit. yeah, just like the most mellow thing. Just <laughs> all these dudes were hanging out in their mansions and just like, yeah, I had a studio, and we were like, well, we couldn't get a studio on the weekend, so we're like. Well, Bob has one, Bob Dylan. And so we just went to his place. And then this guy came by. You're like, what the fuck, man? Fuck. Yeah, it's really, it's just. Yeah, I've been like, that's on my back. I was on my back burner of documentary. I like to save documentaries I know I want to watch for like, I'm on a long flight. I'm in a city and I'm bored and and I can't fall asleep. This is a perfect flight one because it's three and a half hours. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Maybe I'll watch it. um, But that's like a month from now. No, I want to watch it soon. (laughs) Maybe I'll just forget anyway. Yeah. 
Um, but yeah, there's like a handful where I'm like, all right, now, now I'll I immediately this. went online and started looking at vintage Tom Petty t-shirts. Of on course. eBay. Yeah, of course. Which there are good ones and they're not, they're not cheap, but they're not like asinine. Yeah. They haven't reached like Metallica. Right, right. Like, or, you know, they haven't gotten there yet. They're not Rolling Stone t-shirt level. Cause luckily he was touring in the eighties. So there's a lot of them. Yeah. But yeah, like Bob Dylan, he records a song with Bob Dylan or something. And then Bob Dylan's like. Do you guys want to... Oh, so the Heartbreakers just back him up in a show, and then Bob Dylan's like, what are you guys doing this summer? Do you right. want to go on tour? So Bob Dylan and Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers go on tour for like a year. Wow. Yeah, and, and so... But but like Tom Petty would and the Heartbreakers would open, and then they'd be Bob Dylan's band. Like, can you fucking imagine? Wow. Yeah, it's fucking great. Yeah, it's really great. Even if you don't like Tom Petty, you should watch it. Because you just it's it's great to see a guy who believed in himself that much to to where right. he was like, "You're trying to fuck me, and I'm not going to let you because yeah. I don't need you. I'll go on like during the when they're suing Warner Brothers, he's like, well, we needed to pay for the lawyer, so we just went on tour. Like yeah. he's like, yeah, I'm a good rock and roll band, so fuck you guys, you dorks. What's cool about him too? People always say is he still loves playing his hits. Yeah, like I saw him once at at. At, in San Francisco at Outside Lands, the mm-hmm. festival. And, dude, it's like he doesn't look his age, doesn't act his age. He's just up there having a fucking blast. And, of course, the one song I wanted to see was Free Fallen. It's yeah. like, it's just, it's one of the rare songs in music where you can hear it over and over and never gets old. Yeah. And especially, like, a lot of cool songs like the radio play make kills it because it, it's yeah. just, it's on it a lot of times where you don't want. So yeah. after a while, you're like, enough with this fucking... That's never happened with that song. And I'm 34. It never will. Nope. And so I was like, I need to hear him play. And then, dude, not only did he play it, but he played like a long version of it. He's jumping around on stage and fucking singing his ass off. Yeah. It was like he wrote it this year or whatever year I saw Dave Grohl said in the thing, which if you have a rock documentary and Dave Grohl's not in it, you didn't make a rock and roll documentary. Yeah, you you actually failed at making uh, (laughs) a He literally is in a... I imagine he spends all day driving around being interviewed for rock documentaries. Yeah. But he was like... He's like, when you hear a new Tom Petty song, it just sounds like a classic Tom Petty song. Right. Like, he's just that dude. But yeah, watching him play Free Fallen and everyone singing, and I was just like, this is one of the those really cool moments in yeah. live music that I'm always going to remember. And dude, someone tried to murder him. What the Someone f- tried to burn down his house. Oh, some like obsessed fan or just I, someone who hated him? Find, they didn't catch him. Weird. It was arson. Someone tried to burn down his home. It had to be someone that loved him so much. They were like, if, if, if I can't have you, and no And you know what can. happened the next day? Annie Lennox bought the whole family new clothes. Weird. <laughs> yeah. Well, because the dude, what's the guy's name? Dave Stewart, yeah. the Rhythmics guy, produced some Tom Petty stuff. Did the, like, she bought them all new wardrobe, and Tom Petty's like, yeah, those are the clothes I wore for the next like six months, man. That's crazy. <laughs> That's how like it's like there's this there's this weird scene of really rich successful musicians in LA and they all yeah. just hang out and help each other out like yeah. oh your mansion burned down here's clothes for a year yeah alright <laughs> Jackson Brown's down the street he needs a tambourine shaker is Stevie Nicks around yeah <laughs> yeah it was cool listening to Stevie Nicks be like I really wanted to be in the Heartbreakers like I would kept asking yeah. to be in the Heartbreakers yeah they're one of those bands that like like made an impact on on music and you don't really think about it that much. You take them for granted because they're not bit. like the Rolling Stones no. or the Beatles, where they're like 
they're like almost synonymous with with the genre. Yeah. But like there are a lot of really good Tom Petty songs. Dude, there are tons. There's and so many. Listen, seeing this documentary, there, I realized like, you know, because mostly I bought like, you know, I'd buy it because I'm cheap. I'll buy like the greatest hits. Right. So I'm like, I got 30 songs in one CD, but like you hear the tracks in the first record, songs that I don't even know. And I'm like, wait a minute. Yeah. It sounds like an epic rock song from the first album. I got to get the first album now. I've always told people too, like, like people go like, oh, I don't get the greatest hits, but like, especially back in the CDs, CD days where you're like, well, every CD is like 16 to 20 bucks. Yeah. I can't just start from the beginning. Yeah. Like now you can just fucking give, download a whole discography, but like still there's so much Tom Petty and then with Dylan and all those guys, there's so much where it's like, get a, a good best of. Yeah. His and then, best of is also awesome. Yeah. Yeah. That's how I got into him. Like years ago, I was like, well, I just need a fucking best up to know what's going on yeah you know and then it was one of those chronological like it wasn't just like 10 songs it was like two cds from the beginning yeah all the way into the mid 90s or whatever it was and it really helped introduce me to the guy and i was like this is how he used to sound here's some of his hits and they'll throw in a few that you you never knew and uh and then i went from there i was like i'm gonna get this whole album and that one um but i'm trying to look up the name of that best of because like I think it's just called Greatest Hits. I think it is, because it starts And it with, has Last Dance with Mary Jane on it, I believe. Yeah, on like only. the second disc. Do you have the Mud Crutch record? No. So his first band was called Mud Crutch, and he reunited them like, I want to say like six years ago, and just decided to make a Mud Crutch record with the original members. Yeah. It's pretty fucking good, dude. Is this? Oh, maybe it was just a, a one. A one. No, that's not the one, is it? I'm painting the heartbreaker greatest hits. Yeah, American Girl Breakdown, Listen to Her Heart, I Need to Know. Yeah. No, that's not the one. I have I had a different one. Fuck. It was like a two disc. It had the wild one on it. Oh wow! And uh, anthology. Okay, that's what Tom Pet Tom Petty. And the anthology is good because it has some songs. It has like a couple tracks off Echo, and like it has some later stuff. Whereas the, that first greatest hits, you don't get like Swingin', which that's a song I love. Yeah. You know, and there's nothing off Wildflowers or anything like that. Yeah, this is the one because the front of it was him. Yeah. Like, in yeah. like a live shot. Yeah. Um, of him making sweet love to his guitar. <laughs> <laughs> also, he had a lot of weird shaped guitars, which is cool. The whole band loved a weird shaped guitar. Yeah, so Anthology Through the Years, that's what it's called. Yeah. That is like a good way to get into Tom Petty. Yeah. Um, fuck. I rem- I still remember first getting that, and I was like, let's see what this Tom Petty guy is all about. I was still like doing open mics and stuff, so I was in my car all the fucking time, just mm-hmm. driving around town. It was that, and like this Dylan best of, like another two disc one where I just was like immersed in like in 70s through mid 80s like fucking musical titans and I was like learning them the Elvis Costello one is great because it's that same time period too yeah hometown blues was another good one off that but yeah that and wild one there's another song too that he did it was a breakdown yeah so there was um I love that song and it's like the opening of the the first uh album or the first disc there, I can't remember. I got like this, this CD of like different versions, like artists, a famous songs that artists did. Mm-hmm. And there's a version of Breakdown that he did. I think he did it with like 
I want to say Rick Rubin, but I don't. No, think it's it was. from that documentary that Rick Rubin did about doing the greatest hits. And he said the original acoustic version of Breakdown is it was like, like slow. It's like it's like, it was like it's a like beat breakdown. Go yeah. ahead, yeah, yeah, give yeah. it to me. And Rick Rubin's just like laughing hysterically at, at how yeah. different it and is. And then what it is now, you're just like it couldn't be any other way. I think Breakdown. I'm not positive, but there's that was a Mud Crutch song. Okay. That he then recorded with the Heartbreakers. Okay. Yeah. Documentary is great. Yeah, I got. I mean, they, I he dude, it's thirty years. They've been, and it's interesting because everyone in the band is like, "Yeah, I mean, there are bad things that happened within the band. Like, you know, there were deaths, and they like people left and stuff. But like, yeah, it basically was like they started being a band. They got good. Everyone liked them. Then they just kept making hits for thirty years, yeah. and everyone like, there's no like, ah, oh, Tom Petty sucks. Like, there was never that period. It's like, no, Tom Petty's fucking great. Yeah, and he only you just good. like him. You like Tom Petty. Yeah, dude, that guy's the shit. But it really, I really, the thing I took away from it the most was just. The self-confidence that guy had without seeming like an asshole. Just like, no, we're a good rock band because we try hard. These songs take months for us to write. And I don't need, like, fuck you, corporate bullshit. Like, I don't need this shit. If you don't, like, like, I just, it was, like, a little bit inspiring to, like, if you you work hard and make stuff that's good, you don't need, lots of problem is people run around having too much self-confidence and no work ethic. But when you make something that's good, it's like, no, you can't have this for free. And because it's no, like you can't. No, he's still pretty young too, sixty-five. I hope he never dies, dude. That's going to be a rough one. There's not a lot. There's not a lot of those guys left. So, yeah. I mean, him, Dylan. It's like, yeah, the singular fucking stars. Yeah, they don't make them like that anymore. Nope. And we're running out. We're Dylan, running Petty, out. Elvis Costello, Madonna. Like, there's not a lot of them left. No, he just and the at biggest one point, ones gone. One point, one of the he said something about one of his records, the last DJ, where he's you know shitting on the industry. He's like, "Yeah, we looked around and we they're like they're trying to make rock stars with game shows." And you're like, "Yeah, oh my, that's that's a perfectly succinct way to explain how music turned into garbage." Yeah, like no, we'll is. just have a game show. Like no, you assholes, that's not how it's how you do it. Yeah. You play like that. You play in a field in Gainesville for four years, and you get good. Yeah, like they had like a mini festival that they had. Like right. they wanted to play in front of a lot of people, and they couldn't find a venue, so they their friend had land, so they just made a bunch of signs. And like, and it got too big, we had to stop having it. Yeah, <laughs> that's what they did. The, those uh, desert sessions years ago, the Queens of the Stone Age, and all yeah. those guys did. They they were just like, well, we live out here and we have generators and cars yeah. and let's just put headlights on and fucking play on this rock that <laughs> like looks yeah. like a stage. Yeah, um, yeah, that's how you get good. You don't fucking like, you know, put on a cool outfit and fly out with your family and get judged by yeah, you don't Simon let Cowell Simon Cowell and Paul Abdul tell you yeah. what shoes to wear. That's bullshit. Yeah. Well, it's so weird that none of those American Idol people have panned out into legitimate artists. Yeah, why aren't they? Why aren't they uh, uh, representative of a generation? Why aren't they making songs that we can't live without? Huh. It's weird. Yeah. Also, the Mud Crutch album cover is cool. Yeah. Also, Mud Crutch, great name. Great name. Great name. Truly. Um, it's funny that my your first one and my first one. You think we we would have probably switched? Like I would have done a music one, and you maybe would have done a sports related one not that you're but, the biggest sports guy but you kind of mentioned it a little more often um, are you now a huge sports guy I mean no oh. <laughs> I was like wait did I, not, did I miss something basketball uh, this one is about basketball snap uh, it is a 30 for 30 which are it's which are good 
There's oh. like a, a lot of good 30 for 30s. 30 for 30s are the best. You don't even need to really be. That's what's good about them is you don't need to be a sports fan because yeah. it's just like they pick a cool story. Yeah. And then it just has to do with sports. But I've seen a couple good ones. This one was so great. It's called Bad Boys. Oh, it's so good. It's about the 89-90 Detroit Pistons. Detroit motherfucking Pistons. Fuck, dude. It is Isaiah Thomas, Dennis Rodman, Bill Ambeer, and they're just... Dumars. Uh, do, sorry, him too. Dumars will break um, your fucking jaw. Dude, these guys... Bill Ambeer is my favorite. Oh, the Like, best. he is a fucking stone-cold killer. It's yeah. awesome. Um, they. It, it's about their their... Run as a championship team. Yeah. In between the Celtics Lakers, Lakers yeah. domination era and right before the Bulls uh, started winning. Yep. Um, like a six in a row, whatever it was. Um, so Jordan was kind of on his way up. But this fucking team, dude. And I used to watch basketball then and I forgot just what they really were able to pull off, mm-hmm. you know? Um, they were the only team that, like, were, was able to kind of stop. The, it was the Lakers and Celtics would stop each other, kind yeah. of. But the the Celt, I'm sorry, the Pistons were the only ones that were able to stop the Lakers and the Celtics and the early Bulls. Yeah, and the way they did it is hilarious and rebellious and so cool. They were just these bad motherfuckers mm-hmm. that like they broke rules, they intimidated people, they played kind of dirty, but kinda? not. <laughs> I mean, they played other other. People did kind of the same thing. They weren't really doing a lot that was illegal. Yeah. But it was just like, not the Wild West of basketball, but they made it fucking feel like it was. Dude, it's so good, man. It reminded me, and we talked about this a few weeks ago, like why I like basketball again is because it's not just a couple of teams that are good. You don't know who's coming from where. Yeah. And there are a lot of interesting players, and it feels exciting, and you don't don't know the outcome. Yeah. Yeah. And it made it cool, but it was l- kind of like it back then, where you're like, what are these Pistons doing? Like, it's the Lakers and the t- Celtics forever, right? And then Ooh. the Bulls hadn't become really a thing yet, but they just figured out a way, and they they did it like a little dirty, and it shows, the documentary is basically them piecing this team together and learning how to play with each other. And for as dirty as they as they were and like intimidating as they were, they were like this tight unit, you know? Yeah, they were a gang. Yeah, they had like a code and yeah. like they were a family and they played as a team and they like, they played well with each other and and it showed. It took them a few years to like get get their team together, like what, what they ended up being, the championship team that they were. But dude, it was fucking riveting. Did they show the part where when the Lakers beat them right before in eighty seven mm-hmm. or it might have been eighty eight? Yeah. Bill Ambeer walked into the Lakers locker room and was like, "Enjoy, because we're gonna kick your fucking ass next year." <laughs> no, they didn't. <laughs> like that's the type of dude. The the eighties. Here's okay. You know, this year there was tons of talk about is Golden State the greatest team of all time, et cetera, yeah. et cetera. Here's what I think, and I'm not a basketball expert, but I really, and I say this having loved this season of the NBA. Yeah. This was, was fucking really good. great. Yeah. And I love the Golden State Warriors. I love OKC. Yeah. I love the Spurs. I loved Cleveland. Like, it was just a great year for basketball. I think that the late 80s, early 90s, Lakers, Celtics, Pistons, Bulls would hand any one of those teams their ass 
yeah. in any series you want to put up there, it would be it would it would none of them would go past six. They would fuck those teams up. Yeah. The '90s Pistons, eighty late '80s Pistons would fuck Cleveland up. Even with big ass LeBron James, yeah. Bill Lambeer's job would be fat. Like it would be. I mean, if they so were able tough. to if they were able to beat what are considered the greatest teams of all time, like Lakers, yeah. Celtics, Bulls. Like what? What chance would the Warriors? The bull. The Bulls had to overcome the Pistons to become champions. Yeah. So if you're telling me that the Pistons wouldn't have been able to, and LeBron James isn't quite as good as Michael Jordan, he's in the running for sure. He's up yeah. there. So you, the Pistons would have been able to neutralize LeBron. And if you're playing by the rules back then, right? Little Steph Curry gets his leg broken. Yeah. Like Steph Curry is not shooting threes at will like that. It's just not happening. Yeah. It's a different. It it would have been a different game. Yeah. It was. Uh, it really would have. You're and right. I agree. Forget Dennis Rodman. Yeah. God bless that crazy guy. Yeah. He, he was great was so good at psychological warfare. Yeah. He would get you so pissed off, you'd foul yourself out. Dude, no one was better than Lambeer at that, though. They were... He was... Oh, Lambeer. I mean, fuck, dude. That dude was so good at getting in yeah. your head. Yeah. People were just like, oh, man, I'll fucking play against that guy. Like, they yeah. were just like, fuck. Every, I used to, whenever people would talk about them, they'd be like, I hated that guy, but I'd love to have him on my team. Yeah. And like hit, hit them, because they interview them all, you know? Um, but he's just he's unapologetic. He's like, no, that's the way we were, and you know what? You had to deal with it. Like yeah. him being interviewed <laughs> now about it, it's like the game just ended. Yeah, and he was talking. He was still in the zone. Ugh. But dude, it's such a good everyone. And everyone hated Isaiah Thomas. Yeah, Michael not Jordan at first. Was, at first, he was like this, like nice guy, smiling, yeah. happy, nice, good kid. And then you're like, you're a you're a fucking conniving little. Look snake. at the picture of the dream team. You know who's not on the dream team? Yeah, Isaiah Thomas. Yeah, Michael he, Jordan was like, mirror him, fuck that guy. Yeah, <laughs> dude. It. I mean, if you want to watch any thirty for there's a lot out there, and you yeah. don't know where to start. Fucking start with this one for it, sure. That it's one, one I would watch again. Also, I loved it. If you like that one, watch the '85 Bears. Okay, yeah, that's on my list too, dude. I, I want to watch that one too. The best part of the '85 Bears one is that there's a quarterback. Yeah, I forget which quarterback. It was like Joe, and it was Steve Young. Steve yeah. Young, who's one of the great quarterbacks of all time. Yeah, he goes. We were about to play them, and my coach didn't say to me, "Here's your game plan. Here's what we can do." He goes. Be careful out there. You could get hurt. <laughs> That's all he said. He goes, do you know yeah. how badass those guys were <laughs> to wear all my coats? I was like, you could be careful out there. You could get really hurt. Um, and for those of you that might go, hey, you're a cyclist. There's one on that. I've seen it. It's called, that was my intro to 30 for 30. It's called Slaying the Badger. It's about yeah. these two cyclists during the Tour de France that were going at each other that's also an amazing one it's 30 so for good. 30 to me is the only thing that's come close to the quality and consistency of what NFL films once was yeah NFL films is the best thing ever but 30 for 30 also 30 for 30 is who made the 5 hour OJ made in America documentary which is spectacular yeah that's also incredible I forget that that's a 30 for 30 yeah thing 30 but. for 30 is basically the reason sports movies will never do well because yeah. I don't care what it's about. There's a 30 for 30 about it that's better. Yeah. The OJ one was fantastic. Oh, that's so a, good. That, that's a long one, though. Just yeah. so you can't, like, you got to commit nine hours or whatever it is. If you're flying to Europe. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, yeah, 30 for 30, bad boys. Cannot recommend it enough. I loved it. You I think about it once do. a day. You know what you should do? What? Go to La Brea, to that store, and still get yourself a fucking Pistons t-shirt. 
I have a Lakers sweater from Ann Still. It's yeah. it, it, none of them say the teams. They always say Ann Still, but it, with the with the yeah the not the logo, but the fucking color scheme and you know all that yeah. shit. I have one uh, that's a Lakers one that I got like years ago when the place first opened because I was like, what is this place? It's kind of weird and sportsy, but not. Um, yeah, and I I never wear it. Dude, those Pistons back-to-back T-shirts with the caricatures are bomb. Yeah, they have them there. They have the reissue ones. They're good. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I got. And they're go not a there. fortune. Even the old ones there are not like crazy. I got. Go those are the there. best. I mean, I love, I love, love, love NBA championship T-shirts from the '80s. Yeah, those caricatures are the coolest. You better believe. After I watched that um, documentary, I went right on eBay, started looking up vintage like. Ah. Lakers and like dream team shirts and there, like, have you been to this store Varsity? No on Sunset? No, where's that? It's like uh by that weird intersection that where Sunset and Hollywood split over there in, in, in Silver Lake, right by the Vista. Well, I literally drove through that. There's that, that little oh, weird car dealership in that record store. Oh oh there? Yeah, it's a new store and they sell I follow them oh. on Instagram. And they sell what looks like some pretty legendary old T-shirts. I don't know what the prices are like, but the selection looks crazy. Well, I got to go in there. Yeah. I I think it's going to be pricey, but some of the stuff where you're like, you know what? This is worth it. Because it's the kind of stuff you're never going to find again. But a lot of good like late 80s, early 90s shit. Okay. Um, Yeah. The Pistons, dude. I know I I run the risk of sending like an old dude. Yeah. 88-89 Pistons fuck up any of the teams that won in the last decade. The last deck. I mean, the Spurs, the Spurs on their run could have fucked with some of those teams, right. but still, dude, that era was tough as shit. They said in it too that the the Jordan and the Bulls wouldn't have got to where they were without having to go through that. For like, sure. that was the final test. It toughened them up, and and yeah. they brought they had to it made it so they had to bring in Cartwright and big dudes like that yeah. who could just get in and body guys. They found a way to like neutralize Jordan. Which no one really could yeah. do, and then he found a way to get through that, yeah. and then after that he was unstoppable. Well, because he had he learned to dish. He would, yeah. he, he he packs and he, he he's handing off the ball, and then yeah. And yeah, those teams were crazy. They really were. It's it's so fun. It's such a fun documentary. I I fucking loved it. And maybe part of it was like I'm at the age where there was some nostalgia to it, where I yeah. was like I I used to was glued to the TV. Yeah. What well, and like. If you know anything about me, I never say I'm glued to the TV watching sports. But like when I was a kid, I was. Those finals were great. And it reminded me of that. Yeah. It really reminded me of that. Watch NBA Inside Stuff on Sunday mornings. Oh, yeah. Host Ahmad Rashad. Inside Stuff. That fucking show was great. I never liked Ahmad Rashad. He was too like... He was too like exuberant and like like I joyful. I like, that show. I'm like, tone it down, dude. Also, you got Felicia Rashad. You must be cool. Oh, yeah. Um, my next one, I have I I I've owned this for a while, but I've only recently opened it. I I, I cannot recommend more the comic strip Calvin and Hobbes. It is the best. Wait, what are you holding right now? The complete like anthology. Ah, it was expensive. <laughs> it looks like it, you just opened it. It's like yeah, I, I don't open new. it often. It's brand new. But like I have other because I have other Calvin and Hobbes books. Yeah, Calvin and Hobbes is so good. I never read that much of Dude, it. Dude, it's so good. And not only is it, like, the writing of it is cl- clever and poignant and smart and sad and beautiful. The dude who made it, Bill Watterson, can uh-huh. draw his ass off. Yeah. And he did what every brilliant person should do, is disappear. 
He yeah. stopped. Gary and, Larson did that. He stopped and disappeared. And you can't find him. He's like, he challengered it. Yeah. <laughs> he fucking was like, I'm out. I'm brilliant and I'm out. But dude, these panels, some of them are so rad and they're so fucking, they're funny and dude, and, and it's just, the drawings, I used to copy the drawings when I was a kid because uh-huh. there was like one that I noticed it was like, it was like, there was a jet in it with a dinosaur and I was like, wait a minute, this is way better than just this kind of kid that, you know, looks like whatever. Like this dude can really, really draw. Yeah. But his imagination is crazy, like super crazy. And I, I mean, you can buy the like anthology. It's a hundred bucks for like every, you know, for every comic he ever made. But you can find his old, like you can his older books, like the smaller ones mm-hmm. that are like you know probably a hundred pages. You can find those in thrift stores for a dollar. Like they were so popular that really? every yeah, I go into Goodwills and I'll find a Calvin and Hobbes book that's wow. like literally a dollar, and it is you know you should definitely buy it. Wow, they're just like it has that he has that like emotional handle on melancholy that that peanuts had right but it's much more since it's really just two figures you know one it's much more you get more of a sense of like your childhood in it it's much more about like adventure and having an imagination and stuff like that whereas charlie brown can get legitimately sad calvin and Hobbes makes you reminds you more of like being a kid what's it called the complete it's called the complete Calvin and Hobbes. Complete Calvin. You could probably find it on Amazon for less than a hundred bucks, but it's good. But I wonder now you could just like find the digital people would just download. The yeah, digital and you and could read honestly you could find just the regular anthology books that compile all these and probably get them all for way less. Right. Because they printed so so many because he was so successful. That's the nice thing about how popular they were. Is they printed, you know, hundreds of thousands of copies of that shit. So it's not hard to find them cheap. But I'm sure there's a digitized version somewhere. Yeah, I think they, um, I mean, they do that for a lot. Like, But it's cooler to have a book you can take to coffee shops so you can meet chicks. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) What am I leafing through? Just the complete Calvin and Hobbes. Anyway, want to fuck? Yeah, leafing through a Calvin and Hobbes at 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 a coffee shop, you'd meet some girls. You would, yeah. I think yeah. they'd be like, oh my God, I used to read that. And the next yeah. thing you know, you're talking. They're like, yeah, it's so good. They're like, you're young at heart. Want to fuck. Yeah. <laughs> that's how, that, by the way, that's how it works. Yeah. America. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I can't, and the, the nice thing is, at this point, when you get into something that's been around this long, there's so much. Yeah. Like, you can start at the beginning and you're like, I am going to enjoy this for a year <laughs> or more. But yeah. He fucking can draw his ass off. It's all about him. Like he's always trying to dress up Calvin. He's always trying to dress up the fucking cat, the lion, his his friend, to like hide, and so he doesn't have to go to school. <laughs> right. He's always in a wagon. So did you read that growing up? I I probably didn't really read it or notice it until I started trying to learn how to draw. Like I didn't read comic strips really as a kid, like a little kid. I started copying Garfield. And so then you'd go to the library and get a Garfield book, and there'd be a Calvin and Hobbes book. And right. then I just noticed that, like, oh, this Calvin and Hobbes guy draws, like, kind of better. You know what I weirdly got into it when I was, like, a teenager, like, a probably mid-late teen, was Dilbert. Okay. It, I, like, and I don't even know, like, I read a couple that were, I'm like, this is kind of funny. And then I just, like, I got a book. Yeah. Like, he wrote, like, some books on 
like specifics in the office or something like that. Like how to get a job or I can't remember which one it was, but I got it and read it and it fucking made me laugh like almost the whole way through. And I'm like, I didn't know anything about office life. I was like 17, you know, but it was like really funny. Yeah. And people just like, oh, Dilbert, like they would skip it over in the newspaper back when we read newspapers, kids. (laughs) Um, But yeah, people would skip that over. And then I was like, this guy's like, I can't remember, Scott something who who created Dilbert. Uh Um, Was fucking like smart and funny. Like it was, it was pretty good. Kathy's funny as shit too. Kathy, I never really read. It's great. I wish I remembered the name of that Dilbert book. There was a documentary I watched about comic strip people. And it really is. That's one of the real shames of newspapers dying is the comic strip dying. Scott Adams. That's what his name was. I think the Dilbert guy actually was one of the few guys who learned to make tons of money. Because he like, it was all about, you know, franchising your shit. Like having little products. Yeah. He wrote a bunch of books too. It wasn't just like collections. If you were syndicated in a newspaper and you, you know, you made lots of money all of a sudden. Because you were getting, you know, you do your your thing would appear in all these papers. You're getting paid for every one of them. What a weird like! Th- people think like comedians a weird job. Comic like, strip the, people are comic strip, different. Right? That's even more specific and mm-hmm. even harder to make it out. Every I feel. day you need to make one every single day. Yeah, I mean, the, like and, they talk about the pressure of that. They're like, yeah, I would make one every day, and then. I would force myself to do an extra one on the weekend so I'd have like a gap. That's crazy. So I could at least have one day off. When did this one come out? Oh, 2012. It's like they're all the same. I was like, does Dilbert random acts of management? And it's like <laughs> him sitting in a chair and then his boss, to, you know, but like they're all like that. Yeah. And they all have to do with middle management or whatever. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Dilbert, I mean, kind of funny. Mm-hmm. And I imagine if you work in an office, you're going to get... There's probably, there are probably jokes that went fucking right over my head. Um, yeah, it was pretty good. But yeah, Calvin and Hobbes is like... That's a staple of the comic... They're comic strip... I mean, it's kind of like legends. Royalty, for sure. Yeah. He goes into are. like... He's in top five all time, as far as I'm concerned. I want to get a fucking complete far side. Oh, yeah. The far side is fantastic. Probably invented fantastic. alternative comedy. The what? They invented alternative comedy. Yeah, yeah. What if you found out that Stephen Wright had been secretly writing all the far sides? I would be like, uh, why didn't we figure that out sooner? Because it yeah. was right in front of our faces. I forgot the name of the far side guy. Is it Gary, Gary Larson? Gary Larson, yeah. Yeah. That's when you said, what's his name disappeared? I was like, same with Gary Larson. Yeah. They're probably hanging out together, writing the ultimate comic strip right I now. I just watched that documentary, Salinger. Uh-huh. And yeah, I mean that that guy that guy pulled a real solid disappear. Yeah, you know, Catching the Rye sold over sixty million copies worldwide. Sixty million. Sixty million copies. Wow. Yeah, it's a really good book. Yeah, <laughs> sixty million copies. And I didn't I didn't know this, but like the guy who shot John Lennon, the guy who shot Ronald Reagan, and the guy who shot Rebecca Schaefer, that actress. All of them, they were like obsessed with it. They were like, "You want to read my manifesto? Just read Catcher in the Rye." Yeah, I mean, I would have gone away too. Like, I should stop writing because it keeps inspiring murderers. <laughs> right? Yeah, like Reagan's a phony and then shoots him. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, they. I mean, they identify with that, with that, with the protagonist or whatever. I had an English teacher that I think it was like he wanted to push me to identify with it more. <laughs> 
Really? Well, I definitely like that book. I think you're supposed to, though, when you're like when you're around that age. But then the problem is if you still do. Yeah. Later on, it's like. Yeah. I remember we had to read that book, and then I like made there. You had to do a poster for the book report, uh-huh. and I think he thought like I did a a poster that obviously ruled. <laughs> but I think he thought like that was because like I was really identifying with this book. I was like, nah, I just want to make a cool poster. Yeah, like no, I'm just really gifted at drawing. <laughs> yeah, I'm way better. I'm really more connecting with this poster than I did the book. Right. I like Franny and Zoe better. I read that. It's good. Yeah. Yeah, Calvin and Hobbes nerds. Get into it. Meet girls. Uh, meet girls. Meet comic book nerd yeah, girls. Unfortunately, though, if you're a girl reading Calvin and Hobbes, the kind of dudes you're going to attract, not as good. Yeah. That's not true. as good. Um, at all. Although, uh, Calvin and Hobbes, a lot of great merch, mugs and stuff, mm-hmm. T-shirts. Um, my my next one is kind of a continuation. It's what what those uh, what comic strips and comic books turned into, which is the graphic novel series. Nerd alert. Dude, there are great graphic novels out there, and this one among the best. Uh, it's been out a while, but I and I took my sweet time reading it because I just did not want it to end, and it it, it was only a ten volume series it's called why the last man and dude it like it reads like you're watching a fucking hbo series or like a really good long movie and it's well written the illustrations obviously like great um and it's this like series about like this plague that happens that kills every male on earth except one Nice. And he wakes up one day and he's like, oh. And he's the last guy on earth. And he goes on this adventure and he has this like little monkey with him. And he tries to figure out what happened and how. And it's unbelievable. It's so good. And it's not like a plague. Like there's no zombies. It's not what you think. It's like, oh, this thing happens. Like all the males die. It just happens like kind of right away and then it's just him and he interacts with like a few like women and goes on this like kind of journey with them and to to figure out like what the hell happened and where the world's gonna go from there but it's it's like funny and it's really like intelligent like the way it's written it's like it's realistic you know um and it's so good. It's so good. I, I mean, it's, it's it's a hard thing to recommend, and I can't talk about it kind of like because I'd be like just giving things away. Um, but it's really, really worth reading. And it's another one too. You can get digitally. Like you don't have to get the actual physical book. But I, when it comes to graphic novels, I like buy the them. physical book. Yeah, when it comes to graphic novels, because I'm a big digital book reader. But when it comes to those, I'm like, I want to hold the thing and look at the illustrations. It, there's ten volumes, and like, I I kind of read the first few like right away because yeah. you start reading it and you're like, oh, I don't want to stop. But then I'm like, dude, it ends at ten. And I kind of don't want it to, so I kind of yeah. treated it like it was like a TV show that was Once airing. A week. Not even that. Like I read one volume like a month or something. Wow. Because each volume has the individual trade issues in it. You uh-huh. know, it's comprised of that. So I would read like two of those every like week or so. And then I would just put it down. I'd like forget about it for a while, kind of let the story marinate. And then I'd forget about it. And then it would pop into my head. and I'd be like, 
oh yeah, I wonder what's happening with York. And I'm like, oh yeah, I still have more left. And I, I honestly would forget that there was more. Yeah. And then I would pick it up and read it again. So it was like kind of watching uh, a series as it aired over like, I think I started it like a year ago. Oh wow. Or almost a year ago. Um, and then I just finished it, um, I think a few days ago or like something like that within the last week. But fuck, dude. It's so it's so good. Two if, really good graphic novels I've fucked with recently. Patience by Daniel Klaus just came out. Uh-huh. Crazy good. Yeah. It's one called Essex County. Uh-huh. That's really good. Yeah. That Michael Sheen recommended to me because he like wrote the foreword. Okay. And uh, it was really good, too. Essex. Essex County. Yeah. There's crazy good shit in in gra- because now Dude, yeah it's not like it's not what you think like oh it's a shitty comic book like they're they're telling stories the story is more important now than the it's, art which is back yeah. in the day it used to be reversed so it's not and it's not just like superheroes no it's not at all it's that's, not like, that's this guy like, has a power and he's like that's some like passe shit it's there's still some of that but yeah. like and even those ones are realistic in the same way like imagine. The the Batman franchise, the way Christopher Nolan did it, where you're like, yeah. oh, it's about a guy, and he happens to be this yeah. thing. That's how a lot of these like modern graphic novel series, even about like Saga, is considered one of the best graphic novel series about like people with powers and all that stuff. And that one's amazing too. That one's so good. That's essentially what The Dark Knight Returns was or changed in graphic novels. It was the first like gritty, complicated, dark, story driven graphic novel uh but i mean they kind of g- took that cue from graphic novels that had been doing that you know no no not the movie mm-hmm. the original dark knight graphic novel oh okay from way back in the day all oh, right yeah um yeah it's uh there's re- there's really good storytelling going on in these things like it's not it you know it, don't roll your eyes and be like nerds and their superheroes and comic book villains it's fucking awesome. Like that sh- that series is gonna be a movie or a TV show. I think that's why they've gotten so good now is because if you're truly good at making graphic yeah. novels and you make a really great one, it's just like oh, yes. Yeah. This- fucking Walking Dead started as a yeah. graphic novel series and it's awesome. I heard that show Preacher's good. I never read the graphic novel Preacher, but it was immensely popular. Yeah, great covers. Great illustrations on the cover yeah. of Preacher. But people say the show is Who good. Who did Preacher? Warren Ellis, I think. I don't know. Um, I think I think he did. Preacher comic. Um, I think it was him. I was Garth like, Ennis. What was I thinking? This is Warren something and Garth. Okay. Mark Ellis. Um, yeah. Mark Ellis now writes graphic novels. Um, the fuck? Hey, why doesn't he have a fucking this? I know this dead air is great for a podcast, you guys. Sorry, <laughs> but I'm like, I was trying to look up what else he did. I think I'm confusing him with someone else. Um, a Northern Irish-born American? What? Oh, I didn't know he was from. Huh. Um, a successful nine-year run in the Punisher franchise. Interesting, yeah. Um, but yeah, preacher I hear is is uh, is really good. Yeah, um, well, he's done a bunch. The boys, Judge Judge Dread, Hellblazer, Punisher, Dan Dare, Just a Pilgrim, Hitman. So he's been around a while. 
Yeah. Um, Garth Ennis, that's what his name was. But yeah, Preacher's supposed to be good. But yeah, get into like, get into graphic novels now because they're doing some fucking great shit with them and read them before they turn them into shows and movies and kind of ruin them. Then you can be a snob. Yeah, I'd be like, Psh, I read that when it came out back yeah. in the day. Then you get to be a Because Walking Dead, way fucking better than the show. The show is good for like a little bit, but right. then it just, I stopped caring. Graphic novels, couldn't put them down. I read the fucking entire series like right away. They're, they were so good. Uh, but Why the Last Man, definitely. Transmetropolitan 2, also very good. Saga. It's all in that, in that, in that world of like, if you think those are good, Why is right up there with it. Um, but yeah. Um, my last one is a band, new band alert. Uh-oh. All Them Witches. Wow. Heard about them from Delray and Mark Marin. I have one of their records so far called Lightning at the Door. Uh-huh. They are dropping heavy-ass rock bombs. Uh, I think the album before... Lightning at the door is a little heavier, a little Whoa. more rock and roll. <laughs> I listened to this one and I was like, it's fine. But the one before it, I kind of like registered a little more with me. I was like, this one's a little fucking. What's the, other, what's the previous one called? I fucking can't remember. Yeah. This is the fucking problem with these streaming servers. I just like, oh, there's the one before it. Click add to library. Don't even think about the title of it right. or the album cover or anything. Dying Surfer. Meets his maker. That's what okay. it's called. Uh, such a good title. It's a great title. Um, but these dudes are heavy. Yeah. And they're into the heaviness and harnessing the power of Satan. <laughs> All right. They are they are interested in finding the darkness. All right. And they 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 uh you will hear the telltale signs of dropping hellfire. On your earballs. On <laughs> your so, earballs. So, uh, what I'm saying is, if you're looking to buy a muscle car and need something to listen to inside your muscle car yeah. as you drive to fight someone with chains, <laughs> all them which is maybe the band for you. Um, if you're on the fence about a leather jacket and you need something to push you over the edge to spend money on a leather jacket, put in yeah. all them witches. Um, yeah, it's good. Yeah, it's uh, it's, it's good. kind of what it's maybe Queens of the Stone Age meets Sabbathy, <laughs> a little trippy Sabbath. rock. Yeah, a little bit, but like kind of a lighter version of. Oh, actually, two. you know what? Uh, uh, Rival Sons. Yeah, it's closer to that because it's not like Queens and Sabbath are like just like they're heavy. Yeah, and like just like intense. This is like a Rival a, Sons. If you like Rival Sons, you'll like this. Yeah, I would I would say so. Yeah, yeah, I would say it's more along those lines. But um, I just li- on this record, I like that there are songs that are borderline instrumental. Yeah, like it's just not it's not like hey we're trying to make radio hits or trying to whatever. I like a band that's not afraid to just go uh, inst- complete instrumental track. Yeah, and be like you know what we're fucking musicians. We're here to rock, and this is how good we are at playing these instruments. So yeah. check this out for the next three minutes and forty. Drums seconds. are heavy. The mix is good. It's uh-huh. clear. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty good. There's um, I didn't really have a third one because I was like I don't want to force myself to do a third one. So I'm like I'll just do two things I really like right now and then fuck it. But since you recommended uh, a band, I I have been listening to this band, um, and this album is fucking pretty good. Uh, they're called the Gogs. 
G-O-G-G-S. Great name. And uh, I found out about it because Ty Siegel is involved in it. And if you know anything about Ty Siegel, he is involved in everything music-related that's come out in the last fucking five years. Like, he is just in everything. Uh, so if you listen to Ty Siegel, uh, like the solo stuff, uh, he's great. Fuzz is one of his bands, and it's great. just like stonery kind of noise yeah. rock. Yeah. It's so good. So he's in the Gogs. I believe he's playing drums. Um, dude, it's fucking good. Yeah. It's just straight up rock and roll. There's like a horn section or at least a dude on a trumpet or a sax somewhere in there. Um, and it's uh, it's their first album as a band. And I think another guy from Fuzz is in it too. Um it gets confusing with this guy it and all his projects. just like Tom Petty and some dudes were hanging out. Yeah. And they were like, let's make this album. Yeah. Um, oh, shit. They were just in... Two days ago, they were here. Oh. At the Echo. Mother... Someone didn't sign up for their newsletter. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> That's really annoying. That's a bummer, man. But I'm sure one of Ty Siegel's other nine side projects will come rolling through right. town in the next <laughs> two weeks. So I can go yeah. see that. Um, but yeah, it's a good time for rock and roll right now, by the it way. Is. This last like couple of years, yeah. there's been some good rock out and all them witches and the gogs are a part of that movement. Yeah. They're a part of the new. Grow cool your rock hair movement. long. Yeah. Buy white jeans. Yeah. Get them dirty. Get them dirty. Yeah. Get, get them, them dirty. dirty as fuck. Put on a fucking tattered t-shirt yeah. with a couple of holes in it. Get a Dodge Challenger. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Get a beat up '70s Chevelle and Ooh, uh, yeah, don't fix it up. No, is it primer right now? Is it leave it that way? Get a Chevy El Camino, metallic brown. Metallic brown. Get a Calvin and Hobbes sticker <laughs> pissing on the Ford insignia. Yeah, Black Sabbath sticker. That is one of my. Get a girlfriend you refer to as your old lady. Yeah, the ball and chain. Moved it to Hunga. Yeah. Sunland. Move to Sunland. Move to move, s- move, you know what? What's the be, horse? Be a man. Move to Gainesville, Florida. <laughs> Pack all your shit. Yeah. Put it in El Camino. Stop being a pussy. Yeah. And move to Gainesville, Florida. Move to Gainesville, Florida. On your way, stop at a Goodwill. Get an amp. <laughs> all right. Yeah. You already have your guitar because obvious. Cause get a fen- because of obviously. Get a Fender Strat. Yeah. And Fuck then, that. Get a bass. Yeah. Move to Gainesville. Don't a- be don't be some showboat and guitar player. Get a bass. Right. <laughs> find a uh, find a, a parking lot. Buy one of those Moog keyboards. Yeah. Moogs. Moogs? Moog. Moog. Yeah. Fucking get sell weed on the side just to make ends meet. Right. And then you know what. Pop open the trunk of the El Camino. You got a stage. Yeah. And then just start rocking out in the parking lot of a fucking Walmart. If you need money, steal lawnmowers and yeah. sell them to meth heads who right. do yard work. Yeah. This is not a hard plan, you guys. Don't be don't be stupid. Mm-hmm. Do you want to be happy? Grow your own hydroponic weed. <laughs> <laughs> we just started your new life for you, you yeah. guys. Um I feel like we should end it there. <laughs> we really should. Shout out to Gainesville. <gasps> yeah, Gainesville just became the fucking coolest place to be. How's that for coming around full circle? Yeah, our official st- city, the official city of Occasionally Awesome, ladies <laughs> and gentlemen, is now Florida. Gainesville, Florida. 
Thanks for listening. Uh, next week, we're going to go, welcome to Occasionally Awesome, live from Gainesville, Florida. <laughs> I could sell my house and buy a mansion. Oh, dude, you could buy a street full of houses. I could buy it. wherever the governor lives. Yeah. You could buy the governorship. Yeah. Of, well, not a governor, a mayor. Yeah. A I mayor. could be the mayor of Gainesville. Yeah. Um, all right. So... Uh, so there you have it, everybody. Those are our recommendations and uh, and your new life we just started for you. Uh, <laughs> yeah. We'll see you next week.